Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. What a beautiful day to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. The Easter lilies up here in front of church. The girls excited to wear their Easter dresses. The family gatherings. Watching the kids hunt for Easter eggs. The Easter baskets full of goodies. As part of this Easter celebration, whether you're here in person, listening on the radio or watching on Facebook, we at First Church are blessed that you chose to be a part of our Easter service and celebrate your greatest miracle ever. Christ, after being dead for three days, came back to life and defeated death. Please look over the announcements in the bulletin for items that may be of interest to you. Special thank you to the men's Bible study group for preparing the breakfast this morning. In the words of the Apostle Paul, death could not hold him. Please rise and join me in this morning's call to worship. Let us start by lifting up our hearts in praise to him. The call to worship is based on 1 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us new life and hope. He has raised Jesus from the dead. God has claimed us as his own. He has brought us out of darkness. He has made us light of the world. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And now hymn number 216, Christ Alone, during the last verse. Please send the kiddos up front for children's chat.
morning. How are you guys today? Good. So, I brought with me some things this morning in my little bag. So, I got two pretzels. What does my pretzels look like when I do this? A cross. Yeah, it looks like a cross. Why is the cross important? Because Jesus died on it. You're right, Addison. All right. So then if I dig a little deeper in my bag, I have a red jelly bean. Yum? What do you think that red jelly bean might mean? It reminds us of the blood of Jesus that was shed to purify us from our sins. Okay? What's this? What shape is my cracker? What does it remind you of? How about the rock? Does it look like the rock that was rolled in front of the tomb? And on Easter morning, was that rock in front of the tomb anymore? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Then we have some marshmallows in here. And they're white marshmallows. Because those marshmallows represent our sins that our skin, sins are scarlet, but they were made white as snow because Jesus died on the cross for us. And then, and then we got some goldfish in here because goldfish, Jesus tells us to all go out and be fishers of men, to go out and tell everybody about Jesus and the things that we do and we say. And then the last little bit of sweets we have down in here are the... The M&M's, yeah, the M&M's. And they remind us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, now, if you look over there by Joe's mom and over here on the front pew over here, you'll find a little bag of goodies for each one of you guys. Hold on, we got to pray first. (laughs) All right, fold your hands, bow your heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. On this Easter day, we celebrate our risen Lord and that one day we will be with him again in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, good morning once again, and happy Easter. Uh, I, I love to hear it, so I'm going to say it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's right. This morning, as we celebrate our risen Savior, as we worship our risen Savior, we have a special treat for you. Our choir has been working very hard on this cantata, and we're going to worship our risen Savior this morning by by enjoying the, the songs, and some of these are going to be very familiar to you. So as we Here, and I encourage you to listen with a worshipful heart, with a prayerful heart, hear the story of what Easter is all about, Uh, and and the question that this is all framing around is, is he worthy? So at this point, we're going to turn over the choir. There's going to be an opportunity for us to join in and singing God's praises together, Um, so be ready for that here here in a little bit as well. But I encourage you to, to worship the Lord together as we hear these songs being sung this morning.
This is the story of a journey propelled by love, 
the love of a mighty God and the people he had created. It's a story of perfection that was destroyed, of mercy that was extended, and of God's faithfulness through it all. Despite humanity's rebellion and disobedience, God's plan to set things right kept unfolding. There were times the Almighty's voice thundered with judgment. Sometimes it was a song of comfort. Over 400 years, he was simply silent. Then one night in the town of Bethlehem, everything changed. As a boy, Jesus roamed the hills of Nazareth. At twelve, he stood in the temple and spoke of tending to his father's business. At thirty, he was baptized as John proclaimed him the Lamb of God. Then for three years, he traveled throughout the land, healing the sick, delivering the broken, loving the outcast, and even raising the dead. At last, the road turned towards Jerusalem. As he rode into the city, crowds greeted him the way they would greet a conquering king. journey had taken thousands of years, descended into deep shadows. Powerful and religious political forces aligned to destroy him. One who had posed as a faithful follower betrayed him for the price of a slave. But first the Lord would eat the Passover meal with his friends. He had one more opportunity to show them his love and prepare them for the coming days. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed alone. The first drops of blood that he would shed on our behalf trickled down his brow as he surrendered his, to his father's will. Soldiers arrived to arrest him, and the long night of trial and torture began. death by crucifixion. He was stripped and scourged and mocked. And then he carried his own cross up the hill of Golgotha, where he opened his arms, submitted to the nails in his hands and feet, and laid down his life willingly in your place and mine.
hillside that day, the message Jesus had come to deliver was unmistakable. God loved us so much, he would do whatever it took to save us.
Just when it looked like the story of Jesus would end in defeat, heaven revealed a new chapter called Victory. Some time before the third day dawned, within the tomb, his heart began to beat. His lungs filled with air. Jesus rose to life again, just as he said he would, and the sorrow of the cross turned into joy. Please rise and join us in this song.
From the moment Jesus conquered death, the praise that had always surrounded him in heaven suddenly became the song that his followers took up on earth. He alone was holy. He alone could save us. When we needed a lamb to atone for our sins, he alone could do it. Made us the kingdom, the priest of God, to reign with 
Revelation 5 says, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise.
Once we realize how Jesus has been the answer to every need we have, we want to tell him again and again that he is more than we imagined he could be. And we want to tell the world they will never find anyone who is like our Lord.
Praise God. He is certainly worthy of all of our praise, isn't he? What a beautiful job the choir did leading us in worship this morning. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Sharon, for helping us worship our Lord and Savior, our risen Lord and Savior together this morning. As we go to the Lord in prayer now, I want to encourage you to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are gathering all over the world this morning to celebrate our risen Savior. You know, we often think of us as, you know, First Church in New Knoxville, we're here, we do our thing, but we're a part of a, a body of believers that spans this entire globe, right? And we're all gathered together this day for one reason, that is to worship our risen Savior, that we are to proclaim that He is alive. And so let's pray for those brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world who are worshiping him even now. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can gather to worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are alive and that you are certainly worthy of all of our praise. You are worthy because you died and rose again. You died for us and you live again for us too, that we may live with you forever. We thank you and praise you for that. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all over this world who are worshiping you even now. Help us to join in one song with them, Lord, proclaiming that you are risen, that you are alive, and that you are our Savior, and that you are alive even now to hear our praises, to hear our prayers even, and to um, respond according to your will. Lord Jesus, I do ask that you would work according to your will in our own lives, in the lives of our communities, our nation, and our world. May you be glorified in everything that we do, and may your will be done in every circumstance. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went, st- and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips lying of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Thank you again, Maria. We're going to take communion to close our service this morning, but before we do that, we need to take a moment, a few moments, and reflect on why we are here today. We've heard it sung, we've heard it read. Now let's take a few moments and think about what it means for us. We're here to remember, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? He is alive. Right? That's why we're here, and that's what holds our faith and everything we believe about God together, because He is alive. 
The resurrection, the death and resurrection of Christ really is the linchpin of our faith. It's the climax of God's plan for salvation, what God had planned from the beginning of time. Think about that for a second. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says that God chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God was talking about the cross and the resurrection in that moment. God chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. How is that possible? It's possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christianity is unique among world religions. All other faiths talk about what you must do in order to please God, in order to earn your way back into a relationship with him. But that's not what Christianity says. It describes a God who has reached down to us. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He offered himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He died so that we may live. Right? That's what we talk about on Good Friday. So we have a journey through the the journey with Jesus through Holy Week and towards the cross. We, we talked about how he died on the cross for us on Good Friday. Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience to the Father, died in our place, and is, and is so doing conquered sin and the enemy once for all. But thank God the story doesn't end on Good Friday, right? The story is not over on Friday with Jesus hanging on the cross because three days later, Christ rose from the dead. The tomb is empty. And as it says in Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Right? It's his death and his resurrection that ensures that we have eternal life in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's three things I want to mention briefly today to prepare us to receive the Lord's Supper this morning. First of all, we know that the resurrection assures us that our sins are forgiven. In 1 Corinthians 15, 7 through 19, 17 through 19, it says, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we of all people are most to be pitied. Right? So if the resurrection didn't happen, then we're still sinners in need of a Savior. But thank God that the resurrection did take place, right? Because it means that our sins are forgiven. It's proof that his sacrifice on the cross was pleasing and acceptable to God, that he conquered sin and death, and therefore death has no power over him. And that's good news because we're all sinners in need of a savior, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we need to be, we need something to hold on to. We need something that is sure and definite to put our hope in. And the death and resurrection of Christ assures us that our sins are forgiven. In Romans 10.9, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? It's the death and resurrection of Christ that holds our faith together. And it's the assurance, the, the, the foundation that we build our hope on. That's why hymns like Blessed Assurance and Because He Lives are so meaningful and so powerful. Because they remind us that, that our faith is built on, on the resurrection of Christ. Second, we know that the resurrection means that Jesus is both Savior and Lord. That Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. That he is the Son of God who came to this earth to die for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That word Lord means master, right? It means boss. It means the one who has authority. And so when we call Jesus Lord, it means that we are putting him first in our lives. We're making him our number one priority. 
In Romans 1.4, it says, In speaking of Jesus, through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in Acts 2.36, it says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. There's that word Lord over and over again. The resurrection is important because it means that our our sins are forgiven, but it also means that Jesus is Lord, that he deserves that number one spot in our lives, that when we put our trust in him, it means that we are going to follow him wherever he leads us. It means that we're going to be obedient to him in all that he says, that we're going to study his word and try through the power of the Holy Spirit to live it out. We've talked this week a lot about the free grace of Christ, and it is free. Salvation is free because we can't earn it for ourselves, but it's not cheap. The theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about the, the sin of cheap grace, right? We didn't pay the price for it, but he did. And salvation is the free gift of God, but we, ho- we owe him everything, our entire lives, in response to the love that he's shown us on the cross and in the empty tomb. And finally, we see that the resurrection means that he is worthy of our worship. We heard it sung this morning, but in a, what, a, what a beautiful reminder that it is. That because Jesus died and rose again, because he is alive today, he deserves our worship and our praise. He deserves our allegiance. All right, he is the lamb who was slain to take away the sins of the world. And all creation one day will acknowledge that he is Lord So Philippians 2 talks about it, reminds us that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, right? So why not join in that praise now, right? Why not join in with with the body of Christ and praise and worship him now and all of the heavenly hosts? But remember also that worship is more than just music. We can sing the most beautiful songs in the world with the most significant lyrics in the world. But if we're not living it out in our lives, we're missing the point, right? Worship is about a lifelong commitment to Christ. It's about, it's about choosing to live for him each and every day. And we can do that through song. We can do it through the words we say, but we also worship God through our actions and our attitudes, right? By putting him first because he is worthy of our praise. There's a lot of good people that have lived in this world, there's a lot of people who gave up them, gave their life over to help rescue or save other people. But there's only one person who's ever done that and is alive now to tell us about it. And that is Jesus Christ, right? Our, his death and his resurrection is what our faith is built on. Jesus is alive today. And be, therefore, we can have a relationship with him. We can know him. We can know and, and be in a relationship with the Son of God because he's alive today and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's given us his Holy Spirit that we may know him. So as we pray in just a moment to, to prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper, I want you to think about that. Think about what it means that Jesus is alive today, that when we sing his praises, when we pray to him, he hears us. That his Holy Spirit is present here in this room even now. And if you have not given your life to Christ, if you've not put your trust in him, I encourage you to do so today because he is risen. He gave his life for you so that you may live in him. And it's not something you can do or, or, you know, not something you can earn for yourself. You don't have to clean up your act before giving your life to Christ. It's about 
simply trusting in what He's done for us, knowing that we are, you are a sinner in need of a Savior, just like me, and that His death paid the price for your sins, and that His life, His eternal life, is now applied to you as well. It's about saying, and I said this on Good Friday, and I'll say it again, it's, it's about three things. Saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry that I've fallen short of your glory. I'm sorry that I am, I am not living up to being the person you've created me to be. And the second thing is saying, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you that you paid the price that I couldn't pay for myself. And the third thing is help me. Help me now by the power of your Holy Spirit to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to you. Help me to live in response to the grace and the mercy and the love that you've shown me on the cross and in the empty tomb. That's what it means. That's what the resurrection means for us. Let's pray as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper. Father God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us and that you raised him up from the grave so that our sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all of our praise because we owe you everything. You died that our sins would be forgiven and you are raised to life to assure us that we have been forgiven and that we have eternal life in you. I pray, Lord, as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, as we take the bread and the juice, help us to remember the price that you paid for us. Help us to, to reflect on how we've fallen short and be thankful and gracious to you, Lord, for your salvation. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Communion? There we go. Thank you. Communion is going to be served at the altar this morning. And, and I know we're um, uh, going to have a lot of people here this morning, and so good to have everybody. So we're going to do this in a little bit differently than we've done it before. So I'm going to give you some instructions, and then I'll have the words of institution here at the altar. Um, there's going to be three stations up front, kind of one at each one of the um, aisles here. And what I want to encourage you to do is when the praise team begins to, to play the music, Please come down the two side aisles and you can stop at either one of the, the stations here at the side or come to the one in the middle and then head back to your seats. And just as we've done before, take the bread and the juice back with you and partake in the elements whenever you are uh, able to do that. Uh, if you're not able to come forward or not choose not to come forward, there are going to be two groups of people that are that are roaming the sanctuary. So just try to get their attention um, and they'd be glad to bring the trays directly to you if you're not able to come forward. And as you, as, as we take communion this morning, I encourage you to, to do so prayerfully, worshipfully, as, as the praise team is singing again some familiar songs. If you, if you choose to join in and sing them, I'm sure they won't mind that either. Um, but I encourage you at this time, um, let, let's reflect on the goodness of, of God's salvation together. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Messiah, I invite you to come forward and take the sacrament to your comfort.
And now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. You may go in peace.
never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. Darkness. 